Hello and welcome to Salopcast Extra. Myself, Ollie, and Glyn. How are you doing, mate? I'm all right. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the season's over, isn't it, Ollie? So um, we we weren't expecting so much news straight away, I guess. And uh, yeah, there's been lots happening this week that's required an extra podcast, hasn't there? This certainly has. Yeah. To to quote Brian, he says this has been his um, busiest week in football. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a, obviously the um, we came off um, with my wedding day in the yep. playoff final. Yep. Um, and then we had the Paul Hurst saga, um, and then obviously we got a new manager. Um, and in, in middle of all that was the retain list and start of the kind of the the, of the summer transfer news. Mm. So we've got three sections which we've kind of just broadly covered. There we're going to go through in this whirlwind of a week. So yeah, a lot to get through. It was yeah, and obviously you've had a busy week on your honeymoon, Ollie. So I suspect that uh, you probably got back off your honeymoon on this weekend and had to start doing a lot of research, did you? Yeah, uh, I probably got in a bit of trouble keeping an eye <laughs> of what was going on. A few nice walks around Grisdale. No signal Ooh, nice. got me in back in the good books but go. um no it was good and yeah fantastic honeymoon in the lakes and yeah really good wedding which i think you enjoyed as well Glenn. it was fantastic i said that i say we did a podcast about you last week trying to cover off the final which yeah uh, i've listened i think, to I think it was quite good i think most people enjoyed listening to my kids at the end which was quite yeah quite that good. was funny it was cute <laughs> yeah so so we've, we've obviously wrapped up the season but um yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because there's been quite a lot of different reactions from fans about Paul Hurst, the way he left, and what we do next, and then who we've got coming in. So, yeah, it's it's going to be good to share our views, but also we've sort of had a sort of sort of scout round what other people have been saying. So, um, yeah, yeah, let's start with Hurst and uh, yeah, his departure from Shrewsbury Town. Here it comes, right-footed towards the far post. Morris is in there, and it's there, it's there, it's Stephen Payne, incredible, the ten men, it's stoppage time. Payne hammers it. Into the roof of the net! Would you believe it? The League One leaders! They just do not give up! So, Paul Hurst has left the building. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's left Salop, which we always expected him to, and it does make a nice change in a sense, in one way, um, to kind of lose a manager rather than just sack him. Yes. Um, so obviously we've got a bit of compensation for Hurst. Um, but we thought we would just kind of just summarise this kind of like five kind of key points during his like kind of his major achievements. So obviously the first major achievement was survival. And then I've put, so the second one um, was, I don't know, I'll be interested to get your thoughts on this, I think, Glenn. I think because a big, a big achievement with him was the summer signings where he kind of completely transformed the squad and mm-hmm. signed Nolan and Beckles. Um, and it was a good summer of recruitment wasn't it yep yep definitely and um i mean we can go through these one by one really we'll start with survival yeah. sport i suppose is um you know when we look at where we ended this season and, and almost got to the championship the, the the job that he did last year in terms of taking us from what you know when he took over us we were pretty much doing podcasts of the view that we were pretty much already relegated weren't we ollie and that it would take a miracle to keep us up and the, what what he did last season in in terms of just that sort of first whatever it was six months or probably wasn't even that four months was it from sort of late december onwards that job you know, alone had it had it had he suddenly gone to Ipswich, you know, for whatever reason in the summer last year, he would have already left the club having done a job that no one thought was possible. Um, and I think that in some respects, having had such a good season, we're probably already starting to forget about how good that turnaround was last year, aren't we? Yeah, and that's why I think it was important to put this little bit in here just to kind of put the context of it all. Because yeah, you do forget about um, you know he's quite you know football fans do move on pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, survival was amazing. Um, and then yeah, the summer signings were good. And then last season, which we'll come on to more in more depth when we do the end of season um, review, yeah, um, yeah. which we'll record this week coming. Um, but then obviously we've had a super season, great cup run, and then obviously heartbreak at the playoffs. Yeah. So it's been a it's been a it's been a very successful period under Paul Hurst. Yeah, you could say cup cup run and heartbreak in that as well, couldn't you? Really, unfortunately, yeah. which is the, the sad thing about Good old it. Wembley. And, yeah, but the, you know, in terms of an eighteen nineteen months, whatever it ended up being at the football club, you know such an, an a numerous amounts of sort of not revolutionary but just epic moments really for us as, as fans over yeah. the last 18 months to go from where we were to where we ended up over that time period is is frankly ridiculous isn't it and and you know we'll probably never go through a, a recovery from a, an awful position to an almost perfect position in that short of a time period under any other manager for you know, hundreds of years. It's just ridiculous, really, that we did it, you know. And, yeah, you, you, you could say a lot better. I mean, as you say, we'll cover a lot of these things in the end of season reviews that we're going to do. But, yeah, summer signings all proved to be brilliant. This season was fantastic. And, um, yeah, just a little bit for me, Ollie. I don't know if you think this is fair or not, but there is just a little bit of an unfortunate nearly man feeling about the season and how we fell short in a couple of big games. And, and it's so unfair when we played 62 and you might just look at, say, four or five of them where we fell just short and... It's so frustrating, isn't it? That that overall feeling. It is, and it's interesting. The um, um, Hurst has obviously made his way to the championship now, but and um, we're here, we're the only team that he hasn't got promoted. Yeah, yeah, we said that last week, didn't we? Which is a bit unfortunate. And 
yeah, maybe maybe that run will just be. You could get Ipswich up next year, and we'll be the only ones. That would be typical Shrewsbury, t- <laughs> typical Shrewsbury Town, that wouldn't it? But um, yeah, there we go. I mean, you know, we, anyone who's a Shrewsbury Town fan is going to be listening to this, and we'll know what Paul Hurst did for the football club. I suppose it's worth you know just reflecting a little bit of, of what people have had to say because I know that you've been asking for people's views, haven't you? Yeah, so let's just do ours first. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I thought I thought a good way of get asking you know kind of getting an opinion of the fans is kind of giving him a, a ten out of ten or you know sorry a score out of ten yes, rating. Yes. Um, so I'll go first very quickly. So I gave him nine out of ten. Yep. Um, so he said, yeah, survival's amazing this season and his left hand in a strong place. But kind of echoing your thoughts, you know, he didn't get us promoted mm. and we didn't win the checker trade. And bit of it, and his exit as well for me just kind of meant that, you know, I couldn't give him 10 out of 10 because if, he, if we got us in the championship, then definitely it'd be a 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah. What's your view? I, th- I think you're taking it in context. I, you know, I wouldn't give any manager we've had since I started going probably more than a 7 out of 10. Even managers have got us promoted because most of those have been out of the conference or out of um or got sacked in the end yeah as well. or out of league two and then didn't you know struggle with the league above sort of thing whereas you know the whole period of Hurst's tenure you can't really look at it in anything but success 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 and a tiny little one percent at the end which wasn't success so I, I gave him eight out of ten but as I say that's the highest rating I'd have given any manager who I've seen since back when I started watching under Fred Davis so you know he's definitely the best manager we've had in my time period I think eight out of ten is for very similar reasons to you I had to take off one point, you know, for the fact he was an early man and couldn't quite get us over the line when when the when the push came to shove, despite all the amazing things he did. And I gave one away just for the manner of the exit, and I think we'll come to that in a minute because I think it's it's rattled a few people this week. And um, yeah, I felt there was a little bit of a I don't know a, a, for how strong he'd been on on agents and the way they worked in football, and for it to have ended up like it did, and the fact we haven't seen a sort of thank you to Shrewsbury Town fans for a, a wonderful eighteen months message really or anything like that. Feels and, and the way he treated the backroom staff feels a little bit bitter, but as I say, eight out of ten, fantastic job. Yeah, I think I think it's it's a, it's, a, it's a good point. It's something that kind of made me feel quite um, passionate about his kind of first departure and has left a bit of taste in the mouth. And obviously, with time, people will reflect and probably be calmer. But everyone's you know everyone is entitled to their reaction. Yeah. And, um, and I was yeah really annoyed because yeah as you said he'd kept on going on often and he's he's one as a man who likes to talk in his post match or pre match interviews and was often going on whinging and complaining about agents and players and lack of kind of loyalty um, to him yeah to them to you know the way that it was all done Ipswich didn't follow the you know the code of conduct in terms of contacting the club first it was all through agents yeah. um, he's clearly been talking to several clubs because there's rumours and articles from Barnsley and other different clubs as well so he's mm. clearly he's been touting himself about and then yeah you know um, Skitty and, and Danny Coyne have obviously worked really close with him plus the analysts and the other guys to not tell them any kind of message and them to find out on Twitter it's not yeah it's 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 kind of it's not the um, it's not the actions of a man who's been portraying himself as kind of, you know, uh, you know, a man of, of great integrity. Mm, it's strange, isn't it? Because I wouldn't have had a problem with him going this summer. I actually feel no, like he not deserves at all. it. And, and like, yeah, definitely. He could have gone to Ipswich Barnsley or Sheffield or Sunderland, for example. I wouldn't really have had a problem with him going to any of those clubs, in all honesty, because he's done a job here and it probably was a really good yeah. time for him to move on. And I don't even mind him touting himself around too much, Ollie, because no. the players do it. And, I, you know, despite what he said, I could kind of understand why he would do it. The bit that is frustrating is that little bit you talk about there is that, yeah, fine, he was going to go to Ipswich, you know, just, if I think Town could have probably managed it a little bit better, I don't know, maybe that's a bit harsh, but just sometimes when you've got a manager that's done so well leaving, you kind of, as a fan, want to feel a little bit more like, you know, we're expressing our admiration for the work that he's done, and I haven't, haven't really seen that come back from Hurst, and it's pretty no. weird, which, it's almost like you've been jilted by a lover and they don't want to know anymore, and it's just, that's it. It's and been so, very cold turkey, isn't it? Yeah. It's just kind of, yeah. And maybe that's because he's on holiday and all that kind of stuff, but no, it's it's kind of left a bit of a sound, yeah. and it was clearly, the, the town fans are very irked um, by the whole kind of situation, and yeah, it's, I think it's it's just left that little bit of a bit of taste. We're not but, used to it, are we? That's why. We're not no. used to just getting <laughs> rid not. of our managers and going on a parade around the town once we finally got them sacked, but yeah, it's, um, it's a bit of a And it didn't really help, did it? As well, as, and I know I know you discussed this with the Ipswich fan where you did a, an interview for, where like yeah, Ipswich fans um, obviously internet is always a um, an interesting kind of you know portfolio of fans, yeah. but there are quite a vile bunch. I'd have been quite proud of actually <laughs> how uh, how the Shrewsbury Town fans have reacted to Macclesfield fans. I haven't seen any kind of no. nasty messages at all, so that's class. I should just say it, it, you can tell how worked people are is that you know uh, for people who haven't seen it, someone went and kicked the Paul Hurst's wayside <laughs> yeah, straight away, did. and now it's disappeared. So I don't know whether the guy that made it's gone it and he's going to um, turn it into Ascii Avenue it. maybe but we'll, we'll see, see what happens about that but yeah I think it needs to win again 
game before he gets a road <laughs> named after him. Who would? You, who would? So, there's a question for you. Then who would you name that after for the moment? Then um, Roland's way maybe <laughs> oh, or Brian. What about Bri- Bri- Brian's cut through or something? <laughs> Brian's doing a great job. <laughs> Brian's a good show. Mickey Brown or Greg yeah. Turner or someone like that would be good yeah. for now. Let's just go for that. Um, so that was our, our thoughts on him in terms of a rating out of ten. But um, yeah. Lots of different views from other fans. So apologies to the guys. Um, we couldn't repeat all the messages. This would be a super long podcast if we did. <laughs> um, so I've just kind of pulled out a few ones, a few interesting ones, which is a bit weird. But yeah, we'll go through them. So um, for Adrian Plymouth said 12 out of 10. Um, Ian James said 9 out of 10 the last few weeks. Sad, the best season ever. Yeah. Um, Chris Hudson, 9.5. Promotion would have made it 10. Up there with GT as our greatest ever manager. Yeah, for sure. Um, Jonathan Minter exceeded all expectations, 9.9. Busy with 42 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, that's quite. I'm a sure, funny it one. gets maths. <laughs> yeah, um, um, Mark Mark Trentham with eight eight, um, and he kind of follows the same. You know, different but kind of similar to you, Glenn. So right. at one point for poor performances against Barry MK Dons, Northampton, Lincoln, mm. and one for scheming behind our back and then lying through his teeth. <laughs> Um, because he did say at Wembley that he hasn't been in contact with any clubs. Yeah. Um, so we, so that was not so great. Um, so then Rob Jones, I deducted one point for losing two finals, one point for the exit. Mm. Alison Harvey on Twitter was nine out of ten. Mark Lynch was nine out of ten. And then just to some total, so nine out of ten by far won the most on, the, on Facebook. So 213 people gave him nine out of ten. Um, 73 gave him eight and 35 gave him ten. Interesting. So, you know. All very positive um, kind of um, views on Hearst's reign and good luck to him. And I did do one thing, Glenn, actually. Um, I did have a look on the internet just to kind of get a sense of how much a championship manager earns. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they said the lowest would earn at least about 250k. So let's wow. assume he's on 300k a year. Um, you assume, you know, you're going to lose 40% for tax and all that kind of stuff. That means he could get in the region of 15k a month income into his bank account. Yeah. That's a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, it'd be stupid <laughs> and, and for, to turn it down, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think it was just important just to kind of highlight that because it is a lot of money. Um, and also to him, you know, he's going to be going to some fantastic stadiums next year. So I think we wish him all the well and the luck um, in the world. Um, that money for him and his family is huge when he spent most of his career in the lower leagues. Mm. Um, he's probably on, I don't know, between 50, 70k a year at Shrewsbury last year. Yeah. So, yeah, good luck to he's, him. And, um, yeah, he, you can't blame him for taking the No, you can't. And he is really having a meteoric rise up, isn't he, really, if you look yeah. at the tra- career trajectory of it. And I, I was listening back to our podcast we did last week, you weren't on, and, and Dave Matthias said one of the more, more interesting things, I think, whereas, you know, even the people that are feeling a little bit bitter and, and jaded and slighted by him leaving us and, and the manner of it, you know, time and history will be incredibly Well, kind. he didn't even left when Dave said that. Yeah, well, yeah, we kind of knew he, he was talking to us. But yeah. he, said, he said last week that time will be incredibly good to Paul Hurst yeah, and that's true you know God, if it goes back to the sort of normal pattern you know that we've, we've experienced as a football club recently and if Askey doesn't quite get it right people will look back on Paul Hurst as a bloody miracle worker and, and you know people who are giving him eights now will probably have put that up by one and people who are giving him nines will be like oh he 10 out of 10 he was brilliant so yeah. I think that you know once once the dust has settled a little bit and people have had time to think about it then um yeah, I think everyone will, will, will view him will view him as a good manager. I mean, you know, we, we just talk about it. I mean, I, I I wanted to ask you really what what was really your during that eighteen months. What was your top you know moment? What was sort of Paul Hurst type moment, or was it a result that he got that you know sort of came over to the fans at the end? You know, can you can you think of one really that sticks with you? Um, for me, I think I kind of like I'm gonna pull together a few different things. For me, it was the the last minute winners in this mm, season. Yeah. So the you know the, the Bristol Rovers away win the the Doncaster one. I wasn't even there. I was in a hotel room um, in London, just going absolutely mental, like you have know, excitement. Yeah. For me, it was that kind of the excitement of those last minute winners. Um, and I guess be are going to be a bit cheeky and take two. I think it's just the kind of the pride and the hope he gave us as well. Yeah, and, and the excited football that we got to watch as well. Yeah. You know, you, you can take a lot of general points from it. I, I, because I was just trying to think of this myself. One sort of real sort of moment and. One that sticks with me for for some reason, and it might not be one that a lot of people say, is I remember when we were, re- you know, this season we were just starting to believe and we were we were starting to think we could do things. We were up there battling with Wigan and Blackburn and, um, you know, things were just going fantastic, weren't they? We went away to Wigan, didn't we? And um, and we got the we got the draw there, didn't we? And a very committed yeah. performance. And Paul Hurst sat out a team to go there and frustrate them and it worked perfectly. He'd done everything right in the build-up in terms of what he said in the press, I thought. And I just remember him coming over to the Shrewsbury Town fans and, you know, we saw him come over to us every week, you know, when we'd, we'd done good or bad he was really good at that but there was some real like you could tell this boy's a special manager when he came over that day it was sort of like a real clench of the fists and you just felt like that is that kind of crystallised what Paul Hurst was for me that that, that draw away at Wigan so uh, yeah I, I don't know it's a bit of a weird one because there's not a lot of well there's quite a few people there I suppose but and it was a draw but it just 
in the context of everything this season, I know we had some fantastic moments, but as a poor horse moment, that one sort of sticks out for me, Ollie. Yeah, no, that's cool. So yeah, it's a, he definitely did. And that, again, that just goes back to just so odd. His departure is so odd because he was, you know, he he did have that great relationship with the fans. So it's just so so disheartening to kind of yeah be jolted like that. So yeah, ho- hopefully he'll there'll be some kind of message. If he doesn't, we'll be interested to see what after, what um because I'm sure he'll be at, back at the meadow at some point. Yeah, um, be interesting to see his, his the, the kind of the feedback he gets. I, I I can tell you now, there's absolutely no danger of him not getting a, a rousing standing ovation the next time he walks into the meadow, whoever he's managing, unless maybe it's Warsaw. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I, I, there's not enough people who've, who've lost their mind about it and have got really bitter about it to forget about 18 months of excellent, um, you know, some of the best results, the best football we've seen and just the most exciting time in a generation. So, I, I, for me, Ollie, there's zero danger of him ever getting a bad reception at this football club. So, leaving Hurst behind... Mm. Um, We've got a new man. We have. We've got the new man. And, uh, yeah, I, I think we'll just move on to John Askey then. So, yeah, I, it's funny, isn't it? Because in the build-up to it, Ollie, we weren't really thinking about John Askey, were we? There was a lot of names being mentioned around, and, and David Hopkin was the standout, but there was also a lot of the usual managerial merry-go-round, you know... Uh, cr- the, the dross. Crap houses, of, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want any of them. Well, the funny thing is, is there wasn't really much time, was there? So... No. Um, I look looked back at a couple of the um, the kind of the because people started people started posting the bookie odds on the Facebook page within like five minutes of first leaving, mm-hmm. and it was just yeah as you say a dross of names of League One, oh, Championship, League Two, you know like Cottrell and Hasselbank Ince. and Ince and just people that we were never I didn't think in a million years we were ever going to go for. No, I think you know we'd wit to a kind of a, a bit of a winning formula in Hurst, and we weren't going to go back to. And we've never really been one of those kind of clubs, have we, that have kind of hired the kind of the merry-go-round of managers. Yeah, I guess Paul Simpson was kind of one of them when he came, wasn't he? But other than that, you know, getting, getting, the, yeah. getting Turner back wasn't wasn't really in that mould. No, Mellon, was... not really, was, he wasn't really managerial merry-go-round at that point in time, was he? So we no. haven't really done that for, for, a few, for a few managers now. Yeah, so as you say, I mean, and kind of the... Obviously, there's lots of things, wasn't there, with Dave Hopkin, with the fact that his... Um, He'd left Livingston, yep. uh, and there was like a few things in that, and he was obviously the Scottish link. So yeah, the, it was quite interesting, wasn't it? There was seems to be a, quite a lot of excitement mm. around um, mm. Dave Hopkin, and then, but um, interesting looking at it, like John Askey's name was always there. Yeah, he was always near the top when the kind of the bookies had kind of started to kind of settle down and have a, a genuine list. So yeah, it was it'd be interesting to see where Dave Hopkin does actually end up. Yeah, Bradford apparently is one of the destinations that's likely, I think, from what I've been reading. But um, he's also got some offers from Scotland as well. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see where he ends up. But um, it's was, it was interesting, really. I mean, for me, if I take John Askey, you know, and I'll admit, like a lot of Shrewsbury Town fans, and if anyone isn't pretending that they knew... Lo- I, I didn't know much about John Askey. I knew, no. I knew where he was manager, but that was about it. I didn't really realise what they'd done. Obviously, I'd seen he got a promotion last year, and we'll come to some more of the details in a minute. But for me, it was a bit like... When I started to find out more about him and the, the the method of which we're trying to employ a manager, there's a definite feeling for me that we're looking for lightning strike twice with a with a conference manager going places. You know, they're, they're very very much feels like a similar mould to when we brought Paul Hurst in. And um, you know, if we get lightning stri- striking twice, we'll do all right. If it doesn't strike twice and he does a decent job and we stay up, I'll probably be all right with that. And we'll come to expectations later. But you know, that's my overarching feeling for how for, for the manager we brought in. We're looking to follow the same pattern and the same mould we were with Hurst, basically. Yeah, so those who don't know anything about Jonaski, so he played um, nearly 500 games for Macclesfield. Yep. Um, he's been their assistant manager, um, and then when Paul Lintz came on, he went to be their youth coach. Um, and he was made um, their manager for a second time mm-hmm. in April 2013. Um, and then after that, he had yeah, several top half finishes and nearly finished um, one point off the playoffs and um, one of the seasons as well. And then the last season, um, yeah, he performed miracles, I think that's fair to say. So um, there were favourites for relegation, sounds familiar. Ditto. Um, fifth um, lowest wage, wage bill in the league, um, which is three or four times, so basically Tramier's budget was three or four times greater than Jesus, that. Jesus, yeah. Um, one of the lowest amounts of transfer money paid in the league. Um, and um, yeah, and the players didn't even get paid in January. Of course. Um, and then he won the league by 10 points. Wow. So um, I, I stole those off um, a Macclesfield fan. Um, so thanks for that. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's quite an interesting backstory there. So for those guys who yeah haven't heard too much, it's, it's encouraging. Definitely encouraging. You know, it, it, 
very similar to, to Hurst. He's a manager that's got some success on his record already, you know, in slightly lower division than, than what, what we are at the moment. But, um, you know, we've got to look for him to hopefully make that step up. I mean, the more interesting thing is that, obviously, when we signed Hurst, it was from Grimsby. And he'd been there and he had a good time. But he was, you know, played most of his career for Rotherham, didn't he? So he had sort of... Yeah. You know, split loyalties. Whereas this this Askey, he played his entire career for um for Maxfield, managed them for a number of years as well. And he, so he is literally a Macclesfield legend, isn't he? From everything I'm reading. And I remember listening to his interview, which you're going to come to in a minute. But the the pull of leaving Maxfield must have been very very difficult for him because he he must have had everything there set up for him. You know, no one was going to say Buto goes to him. And I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the boardroom and stuff there that he might have might have been the thing that's finally pushed him away from Maxfield. But it's obviously a, a very big wrench for him to leave a club that he absolutely loves. Yeah, no, definitely. And we'll come on to some of those points as we go through um, go through yeah, so yeah. the insight from Brian and a few other things. Um, so I think it's just worth kind of noting this. Obviously, we've got um, um, so obviously we've got a new manager now, but I think mm-hmm. it's worth just noting who's left. So. Um, as the kind of you know the backroom staff, um, obviously Doig has gone as well. Yeah, um, with Hurst, didn't mention that, um, we've got conversation. We've got conversation for both of them. But who? But remaining is the goalkeeping coach, the physio, and his assistant, the fitness coach, the analyst, and the kit man. So you know the majority of the backroom staff um, do remain at the club, and that that's a bit as positive. Tricky, isn't it? Because he's obviously going to bring in an assistant with him, um, and there's been discussion that it's someone that he previously worked with. So I've seen a few names knocking around, one of which is Effie Soje, which would be quite interesting because I remember town fans absolutely hated him every time he played against us. Um, so that might be quite fun. But there's nothing to say that he wants to retain all of those people that are actually at the football club either. You know, None of them have left and it's been, what, three or four days so far, hasn't it? So you presume that people are you know, getting to know him and, and he's potentially going to keep them all on board. But you know, who knows? He might. He worked with Shea Given as a goalkeeper coach. He might want Shea to come in and do some work. He's, you know, he might have a physio that he completely trusts, which would be incredibly harsh on Chris Skip. But that's football for you, isn't it? So although we've got all those people in place, you know, we have to wait a bit and see whether um, whether they're the guys that are in place down the line. Because obviously, I know analyst is another one that you might want to look at if you trust someone. Why would you stick with with the previous manager's analyst? So yeah, we'll have to see what happens with the staff in the background, won't we? Yeah, no, it's going to be fascinating. But at least that's a foundation to build on. So. Yes. Um, interestingly, Brian um, gave some quite interesting thoughts on and gave a bit of insight, and obviously in terms of the recruitment process. So he said he'd been monitoring Askey for a while, mm-hmm. um, and he um, Askey was on both Brian Caldwell's and the chairman's list. All right. Um, and interestingly, he turned down Grimsby um, during um, the season because he wanted to get promoted um, with um, with with Macclesfield. Good man. So yeah, and also interestingly, Brian says that um, he was watching um, a Macclesfield game on BT Sport and. Um, they they met the commentator. Sorry, the, the interviewer. Um, you know, made a note of he's been always been at Macclesfield, but Askey said yes, but I am ambitious. Mm. So and that, and that stuck with Brian. So that's quite interesting. That's what Paul Hurst kept saying as well. <laughs> it <laughs> is. On his word, shouldn't we? <laughs> exactly. Um, so so what so what what so what have Askey like? So according to Brian, he says he's very hardworking. He gets respect from the players who are definitely playing for him. He's honest and punches above his weight with his budgets. He's um, very um, um, similar in many ways to Winnie Charles Paul Hurst. Yep. Yep. Um, and he said, you know, the club's going to back the manager again as they did under Hurst. And I think that's worth noting. You know, Hurst, we did spend money in the transfer market. And then when he first met him, um, Brian said he was very impressed um, with his first impression. Yeah. And he, and he knew, you know, he knew that this was like, yeah, the kind of the right man. So that's mm. quite interesting. I thought Brian's kind of, and he was on his list before. So I think it's worth noting that, you know, we had a list, but we, you know, we, after Hurst had gone, then we then we contacted Macclesfield. Yeah. It kind of back to what I was saying about the sort of same model, isn't it? And um, yeah. for me, you know, people, plum, 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 there was there wasn't many people being very critical of this appointment. In all honesty, I could see, and um, the only few I did see were like, "We need someone with League One experience. We need someone with League One experience." But to me, he 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 is very. It's very obvious what kind of manager we've got, and the man, manager, the, the CEO, and the chairman obviously know about him. So. As, to me, there's just as much risk in bringing Askey in as there would have been in bringing you know any experienced League One manager in that's failed somewhere else. So, to me, it it, it makes sense. I, I suspect he's not the most expensive manager we've ever employed at this stage, but probably will get a, a good contract if he can do a good job next year. You know, in terms of that sort of thing. So, club will back him. They've not they've not not backed a manager for a while now. So, um, especially with the money we've had coming in from the land deals and potentially he's going to be player sales this summer and potentially Connor Goldson money. Um, so I certainly think he's going to have a reasonable crack at it, but um, I still don't think we'll have the highest wage budget in the league, and so he's he's obviously 
done that with Macclesfield and shown that he can work within a very strict budget. So yeah, it's kind of fits the bills, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I think you know, saying he doesn't, you know, he hasn't managed in League One. I'm sure he, like Hurst, I'm sure he knows every player in yep. the division. Yep. He's, he's mentioned in the interviews that he knows our players really well. Obviously, most of them he's on League. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but also the ones that you know he's been here for a long time, and we'll come onto the squad a bit later on. But yeah, he he he'll know League One very well. You know, he'll. He'll have a he'll have a lot of knowledge there, and yeah, yeah it's, it's a great opportunity for him. You know, he's ambitious, and it's yeah, it's, it's you know, we want Paul. Um, the club have been very clear that they wanted someone who's, who is who is ambitious. Mm. So that's fantastic. So yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased with the recruitment. Anyway, are you pleased with the signing? I am. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. that's kind of summed it up before. I think when when you start to sit back and look at these things, as I say, any manager's a risk. You know, when you, of course, yeah, it's 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 you, we could have employed anyone, but maybe four or five managers who I would have absolutely hated. You know, the sort of Steve Evans's and those managers that you just couldn't stomach and. Um, you know, I would have probably settled down and thought, well, this would probably be quite good for us. There's always justificational reasons as to why we picked the manager we picked. So I think that's good. I mean, it's good that Brian knows him, but you did a bit of research this week, didn't you, Ollie? You went, you went seeking out Maxfield fans who are obviously going to be the fans that know him the best. And uh, yeah, you got some, some some intel for us, didn't you? Yeah, I have. So um, so I contacted um, an independent Maxfield website um, called um, the Star Lane End. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he was very kind to answer some questions, which we're going to run through now. You sent me the question over, so I'll ask you what question it is and you can kind of answer on their behalf, if you will. I think that's a better way of doing it, isn't it, Ollie? So, it is. Yeah, the first question you asked, which is which I've wanted to know, actually, because obviously tactics are an important part of the game. But what did the Maxwell fan tell you that um, John Askey's sort of preferred formation is? Yeah, he said that John plays attacking football and will often, more than often than not, play 4 4 2. But he does revert to like a 4 5 1, 4 3 3, depending on the opposition. Mm. That's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because <laughs> we haven't got many strikers on the books at the moment, so he's going to no. definitely have to bring <laughs> bring some strikers in. But yeah, it's sort of uh, yeah going to be very similar to Paul Hurst then by the sounds of it. That was what he started with four four two and moved to four five one, didn't he? So um, I guess that for Aski, and I'll come on to the next question. It is going to be interesting because obviously you've got a core of players that have played a certain tactic. Um, and does he want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, or does he sort of go for a slow evolution rather than complete revolution over the summer? It'll be interesting to see how that filters out over the summer, won't it, Ollie? Yeah, it was, and it will also be interesting to see um, who who he signs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what his model is and how it works. Because often, you know, the, the formation we played works, so her stuck with it. Yep. And I, and the next question you asked then was, does does John Askey change his formation during the game very much? He said, yeah, when when needed, yes, he does. He likes to win, but realistic, he's realistic with formation. So that's one thing we didn't really see too often from Hurst. So often Hurst just kind of put an extra striker on. So yeah, yeah. I thought it was interesting to see whether he does do that. Okay. And then in terms of the style then, not just the formation, what kind of style of play does John Askey stick with? So you'd be pleased to hear this, John. Um, hear this, John. John? <laughs> John. Sorry, John on the brain, Ollie, now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he said, yeah, he, he said um, he said he just plays attacking, attractive football. Sweet. And where the players give it all and it's crowd-pleasing and dedicated at all levels. So that's fantastic to hear, you know, that he does play attacking football. Brilliant, yeah, okay. And... I think another thing that obviously uh, Hurst uh, did all right at the start and then obviously in the last few weeks it sort of disappeared off the place of the planet, didn't want to do interviews and never came to the end of season supporters do, which miffed a few people. But what's John Askey's sort of uh, interaction with the fans been like at Macclesfield? And he said, yeah, John is sometimes guarded, but if he trusts you and he's a wonderful manager from a fan's point of view. So that's interesting. So he's a bit more guarded and he did seem a bit more guarded and a bit, he didn't talk as much as Hurst did in his in his in his interviews, um, yeah. but obviously every manager is different, um, and you get straight to the point. Yeah, I, I quite liked his first inter- interview. He was very calmly spoken and came across very well, didn't he? Very sort of yeah. professional, organised manager who's obviously got a plan. Didn't want to promise the earth, but the best. I, I don't know if you come. I think we are going to talk about his interview in a minute. But to me, the best thing he said was that we're going to try and go for promotion again, which I thought was good. Um, yeah. But yeah, there we go. And. In terms of Maxfield, obviously he's leaving a club that he's had a huge impact on. Probably no one's had a bigger impact on Maxfield for, God, hundreds of years. But um, yeah, what did what did that Maxfield fan think that uh, his legacy is going to be? Yeah, so it was interesting to understand kind of legacy about his the squad and stuff. Um, but they said that um, he'll be a he'll be a he'll always be a legend and no one will ever surpass him. So obviously he's a wow. he's a big man in their history. But I'm just kind of building on that. A lot of their fans were very pleased to see him progress, weren't they? Yeah, you see that on Twitter. Yeah, I think it's a similar, similar thing to anyone when you've got a successful manager and you, he becomes one of well, especially for Maxwell, he's one of theirs, isn't he? They're never not going to want to see him do well and, and go on in the game and, and, you know, one day he's going to be a manager maybe of a higher profile club and he'll probably go back and help Maxfield out, won't he? So, you know, it's, it's in their best interest for him to do quite well, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. And then one silly question to end it. Yeah, you asked him, does he wear a gilet or what is his actual pitch side attire? <laughs> 
so yeah so often more than often not it goes for a branded tracksuit but um, so often it might go for yeah the branded tracksuit but sometimes he will go for the suit so yeah just a silly question to end that off that's fine it'll be interesting to see what he does he might be more relaxed on in the Shropshire wilderness but we'll find, <laughs> we'll find out come pre-season won't we but um yeah, there we go. It's good to get some some feedback from a Maxwell fan. As I say, you know, it just seemed like he's he's a legendary manager there, and um, I, I think that his one of his hardest things is going to be adapting to a new club. Do you not think? Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's, it'd be interesting to see what he does. Obviously, it's an hour and forty something like that from Macclesfield to Shrewsbury. Yeah, um, so it'd be interesting. So it's interesting to see if he does move or not. I don't know. It depends whether he's got kids and all that kind of stuff. So it depends how he does that. He does live in Macclesfield, apparently. He's quite young still, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so he's 53 and yeah, he's, he's ambitious. So yeah, he's a good sign. So what did he actually say? So a couple of kind of snippets. Um, he said, yeah, he's very pleased. He said it happened all of a sudden. It's a great opportunity. Um, and in, importantly, linking back to him, it's important we kill, keep that feel good factor. Yeah. So that's positive. And then Lewis Cox spent the morning with him, obviously, um, working for Structure Star. And he said he was really impressed and Shrew's got their man. Um, and that's one thing I'd say. It feels like that he was the number one choice and the town got their number one choice. Like Hurst was as well, yeah. And, yeah. And, all right, we had to wait for Hurst a little bit, but it seems this time, due to the fact it was the summer and, and things are a bit easier to get done, I think we were able to get a deal done quicker um, with Maxfield. So, yeah, it seems to have worked out quite well. And we can we can plug Lewis for a bit more information in next week when we do our end-of-season special. Definitely. So one question we had um, from, um, from a Salop fan um, was from Don Kirby, and he said... Um, he asked. I will ask you this question, Glenn. So, so can, can he can Askey unearth some similar gems in both the lower leagues and exploit the low market? Because he did that quite successfully as well. So, is that something you hope he can bring? Well, I don't know whether he can. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? You know, that's, that's essentially unless he does, he's going to struggle because that's where we're going to be working. It's going to be work, looking for un, un, untapped, you know, gold mine type players that have not sort of made it and are coming back or. Getting someone good from a lo- from a loan club. It'd be interesting to see where he got loans from at Maxfield. Wonder if it was yeah. all Manchester clubs. Um, but we'll have to see. Um, but I think that our setup and our our sort of club infrastructure allows us to sort of maybe pitch at slightly bigger clubs for for their better loan players, doesn't it? Than he's probably previously worked with. So hopefully he'll be able to to get as good as stuff as Hurst did coming through. And the club's clearly in a better position now, isn't yeah, it? Obviously exactly, we've got yeah. the the positive feedback from the other loanees. I saw Lewis Cox do an article. I think it was Godfrey who was saying, you know, if you want to develop, go to Shrewsbury. It's the place to go yeah yeah um, so it'd be interesting to see how we kind of take advantage of those are uh, yeah better kind of yeah um standing in the in the, in the football league structure very true very true well d- while we're on the loan ease just quickly and uh, did you see what happened to carlton morris in the final yeah he, acl how unfortunate he's done his acl and he's out for like six to twelve months that's a it's a, it's a basically a nola um, a nolan a go go or a, a weslovsky type injury isn't it which kept them out for so long so no wonder he's punching the walls like i mentioned on the podcast last week he must have just known he'd a done lot of it. pain yeah. yeah there we go but um anyway taking us away from the main man who's joined up so anyway ascii is going to be his first game at the new meadow it's going to be the first game where the safe standings open so it's going to be a bloody memorable day. That that's one I'm not going to miss. No, it's going to be an exciting, an exciting one. And yeah, it's a, we've only got four weeks now until the players come back, which is just yeah. mad. Because obviously we've it? lost, um, we've obviously lost a bit of pre-season with the playoffs. Yeah, you'd like to see us do a few deals this week and next week, particularly, wouldn't you, to try and get a few yeah. players, you know, that are not going to be settled and at least sort out the contracts. And we're, we're going to come on to the retain list next, aren't we? We'll have a little, we'll have a little break first. But I think the most interesting thing for me is, and I should just say, well, not interesting, is, is that one of the things I think that. Uh, we're going to plan to do um, maybe with the sports department the fact the the, the log bring back the log edge group who are sort of leading the charge over to the safe standing um, and also through Blue and Amber fanzine and obviously Southcast is going to support is to maybe have the first day continue that theme of our little sort of party things that we've had and maybe have a welcome party for John so yeah I don't know keep an eye out for that we're still developing ideas but that should be quite a good fun shouldn't it and obviously we want him on his first league game you know the first Saturday. Um, a home game if it is a Saturday home game hopefully um, for him to experience what a, a special atmosphere we can get at the Meadow so yeah keep an eye out for that that's one of our ideas yeah, I think it's yeah it's a very good point and something I wanted to mention is that the, the, the kind of the how do you call this the, the kind of the sound and the noise and the kind of the how good the fans are have definitely improved as the season went on yes um, I heard some really good things um, Dave was saying obviously about Wembley um, obviously we've had some really key games Charlton um, away Charlton at home um, at Blackpool of course um, so yeah I'm really hoping that we can with the say standing 
Um, and hopefully, it seems like most of the guys from Block 19 have gone to say standard. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, we can really, really have a, you know, a really positive, noisy um, ground. Um, so, fingers crossed we can take that into next season. We talked about the legacy of uh, Askey at Macclesfield. I, I should say that one thing, you know, although Hurst didn't actually achieve anything this season in terms of getting us over the line anywhere, if his, if his, le- if his legacy of sorts was to have invigorated a fan base to the point where we can keep going with what we've now got over the last sort of two months of the season particularly, if that's the legacy he leaves us, then we will be very thankful for that because, you know, I think it's not only just his legacy, it's that it'll be the legacy of Brian as well for what he's sort of achieved in terms of fan, you know, interactions with the Sports Parliament, Sports Parliament as well, but it was Hurst that got us an exciting team on the pitch that was able to build that, love this team momentum, you know, to build that, you know, engagement in the football club again that we had. And maybe that might be his longest lasting legacy when we look back in 10 years time. No, no, it's a, it's a good, interesting one. And, um, and obviously we'll come on to the retain list now, but he also leaves a strong squad. He does. Yeah, so we'll move on to talking about the retain list and, and potential transfer news. In the So the retain list came out very, uh, I think it came out the day before we actually announced ASCII, didn't it? Which was interesting. Yeah, it did. um, Apparently Paul Hurst had already made all the decisions on this, which is an interesting call. So whether some of the contracted out of contract players that have been released are suddenly brought back because maybe John ASCII rates them a bit better than Paul Hurst did, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Might be an interesting one. But um, we should really go on to who was offered deals first because none of these guys have signed yet. We'll we'll come on to the extensions bit in a second. But of the players offered contracts for next season, you have Craig McGivillery, Junior Brown, which we knew about last March. Abu Agogo, because we'd be mental not to offer him one, because we need to protect ourselves if he leaves. And unbelievably, the shop, which is which is a shocker to me. Um, <laughs> and then there were two players who'd been offered an extension because they, they they got it through their contract. So one was Alex Rodman, which I was really pleased to see. And the other is Arthur Ganua. I God knows what was in his contract that he had to achieve to get an extension. He only played about 15 games, didn't he? And he hardly scored a goal. So it's <laughs> a bit of a weird one, but there we go. So six players that might be back next year. I'd suggest... One or two of them probably won't sign. What do you reckon? Yeah, it sounds like Craig McGlivery is going to go to Portsmouth. It's a bugger. Yeah, it's a bugger. And I can't blame him. You know, he's sitting on the bench and he wants to play football and he does, he deserves mm-hmm. that. And he was yeah. brilliant away at Portsmouth as well. So it's not yeah. too surprising he kind of caught the eye. And then, yeah, then the shop, as you said, is a big surprise. Clearly, we both want Brown and Agogo to stay. Agogo might get a chance in the championship, maybe even with Hurst. I think so. Yeah. I, I, I think McGlivery will go. I think Junior Brown will go. I think Abu Agogo will go. And I think John Lundell Lewis has probably already signed his contract and his last will <laughs> As soon as it came through. <laughs> I, I think but I imagine he's, probably... he's not on a lot, though. I can't imagine he's on that much. And the same no. with Arthur Canoe as well. I imagine he's not on very much as well. No, I I think that he'll sign. I think Rodman will sign as well. So I think we'll probably end up with three of those six players, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I only think Brown's going, Ollie, because he's had that contract since March and he hasn't signed it. So, you know... Why would he sign it now in the summer? But then, you know, at the same it. time, why would he not wait to see what he got? You'd be, yeah, I think, you'd be a bit foolish maybe. to not to wait. Maybe, um, maybe. So, yeah, hopefully a go-go stays. I, I can't see it. I just it'd be. No. I, I think almost for a go-go, I feel him. You know, we want to. He should go and test himself in the championship. But time will tell. Be interesting. Want to keep an eye on that. It's it's. It is going to be interesting, isn't it? And putting Junior Brown on the bench at Wembley was a little bit of an indicator as to how hard we might be trying to get him to sign that contract, um, which was which was a, an interesting one. But I, if Abu Gogo ends up signing for us and he stays for another two years, that is an unbelievable signing for us, frankly. That would be might be the best signing we have this summer because we all know how important he is to this football club in terms of the last two and a half years since we've had him, whatever it was, maybe it's three seasons, we've hardly, you know, the, the record without him is awful. You know, we've we've really lost it almost most of the games since he got injured or was suspended during his time period with the club. So if he leaves, the number one recruitment player we'll need is a centre mid because Bryn can't do it and we don't have anyone in that Abu Agogo mould. So no, that, that'll be interesting. Yeah, we definitely need um, we definitely need a couple of quite a few midfielders and particularly probably a, a specialist defensive midfielder in the kind of the Ben Godfrey kind of yeah. role as well. Yeah, we could probably do two of them. Um, so that was the, the players that have obviously been offered deals. And, and as, as I said, I think three will sign and three will go. You probably think maybe four from what you just said there. But um, it's something in the lap of the gods, isn't it? What I'd like to do is start to see some of these things getting resolved this week. Um, but there were three players that were also just weren't off of contracts and, and, have, and have left the football club. So 
AJ Leach-Smith, not a surprise, Ollie. Um, obviously been completely out of favour, done all right in Scotland. I bet he's got another deal lined up in Scotland, so I'm not overly fussed about that one. Joe Riley, a little bit sad to see him leave. Obviously, he'd come back into favour towards the end of the season and played a bit. Um, obviously been here a while. Obviously had a terrible bit of personal and misfortune this season, so you wished him best. Um, but it's, but obviously, Paul Hurst has, has seen something more in, in Bolton, um, which is fair enough. And um, Sean Rowley, which is kind of continuing the theme of young goalkeepers that were kind of doing well to bring through and then they're just not quite making it or they're going somewhere else to try and not make it like Callum Burton and Harry Lewis who have gone on to other bigger clubs and yet haven't really made any impact in in the football league yet, have they so um all three of them very highly rated apparently but it does show you how hard it must be to to get a start in as a goalkeeper really isn't it yeah i i think out of them are surprised about Rowley because he'd heard good things about him. Yeah, I Joe agree. Riley, we've got two right backs anyway, and he's he's not yeah. better than the ones we've got. And yeah, Leach Smith less less said the better. So yeah, so that that was my view on those three. Yeah, I'd argue that Joe Riley's a better right back than uh, Hendry, but unfortunately, Hendry. No, nah, I don't agree. We just we'll agree to disagree there. I think yeah, I think I think Hendry. He seemed a bit low in confidence, but I think he's faster. I think he's a better defender than him. He didn't do much last season. If he was if he was out of contract, I'm unsure as to whether he'd got offered another one on the basis of last season. But there we go. We look to be look to be proved wrong next season because he's going to be here. So um, so yeah, they were out of contract. So yeah, and then obviously, it's probably just worth running through who's actually going to be here next season, isn't it, Ollie? Because um, yeah, come a couple of them still got two years left, which is a positive thing. So yeah, um, yeah. As it stands, the squad is um, Cameron Gregory, who's another youth goalkeeper that just signed a new uh, first professional team. That, that, so. that didn't go down well, did it? That timing of that <laughs> um, choice. And I, I, I understand where the club's coming from in the sense that, yes, he is, you know, he was given a contract. But when town fans were a little bit sensitive, it wasn't mm. the best time to, to announce we signed a kid goalkeeper as a 5pm sign-in. I liked what you said, Ollie, where you said it's almost like announcing a new kit decision that no one wants to read on Christmas Eve at 8.30. So. <laughs> 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 it's just as annoying as that. Um, but yeah, so Cameron Gregory is obviously, is obviously signed up. And as it stands is our only goalkeeper on the book, which is a bit concerning, <laughs> isn't it? Um, so Good opportunity for him. Some recruitment needed there. Um, but yes, Matt Sadler, um, he's got a year left. Omar Beckles has got two years left. James Bond's got a year left. Luke Henry's got a year left. Zach Jules, the man from, from the cold, has got a year left. Um, Toto's got a year left. Ryan Sears uh, and Christian Shallows, I think they've got one year left on their youth deals, I'm not too sure. Sean Wally's only got a year left. Bryn's got a year left. Sam Jones has got a year left. John Nolan has got two years left. Um, Abu Issa has got a year left of his 18-month deal, hasn't he? And then George Hughes, Ryan Barnett, John McAtee, another three youth lads. I'm not sure they've got anything more than a year. And Steph Payne is also in his last year. So we've now only got, as far as I'm aware, Bolt, uh, not Bolton, um, Beckles and Nolan, who've got two years left. Um, however, from everything you read in the, in the, in the, in the rumour mill, they're the two players that might get sold this summer. So we might end up with a lot of players on one-year deals by the time the summer starts, Ollie. Yeah, the, the only thing about the Beckles one is that's the guy from the guy that just... Yeah, he makes post. it up, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, absolute nonsense, and basically just kind of creates some nonsense so he can um, basically get money from advertising. Um, so I'm, yeah, I sometimes if I'm, yeah, I just don't like that guy. He just types absolute nonsense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think one thing they do as you were reading through that list, Glenn, there's a lot of people in one year deals. Yeah, so going yeah. So obviously, you know, we've got a couple of players with a bit of age in there, but obviously we'll have to make some decisions next season about who do who we do keep. Um, but I think it's worth to say, and that's a a strong uh, nucleus of a squad. Hmm. It is. And it does make you wonder why we don't offer someone like Wally an extra year or, or Toto an extra year now, or even Bolton. You know, if, they're, if they've only got a year left, why are we not opening contract negotiations with them this summer? Because the argument we always get is, oh, well, we can't do it, you know, Christmas time onwards because other people will get their nose point out of joint. We do want to renew a few more of these good players' contracts. Yeah, we do. You know, maybe if it's just football manager, Glenn, I'd be wanting to sign a couple up so we don't lose any entire squad. I would. Oh, even, Issa, even Issa's looked decent enough, hasn't he? Yeah. And Bryn, Jim, Bryn Morris and a couple of yeah. others, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure about Bryn. We'll, we'll, come, we'll come to Bryn next season. I think, think he's leave. really good. <laughs> He'll leave off him for now. Um, so there we go. But it does mean there's a lot of recruitment left. And as you just mentioned, defensive central midfield, midfielders in general, particularly in the centre, um, left-back is still going to be weak with only Beckles left to cover if Bolton, if Brown doesn't sign. And the the, the, the perennial problem, strikers. And it's nice that we've got yeah. Payne here. I, I like Payne. Um, yeah. And he might get more of a run next season, depending on who gets brought in but um, and the tactics we play. But yeah, he do, certainly needs some help, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. We definitely need to, um, a few bodies. Um, and... and- <laughs> 
and Brian Calder said that you know they wanted to try and get them in before pre-season, so I imagine they'll Drafted. be going going abroad again. Um, yes, so that'd be interesting. Um, and yeah, so we kind of mentioned the shop, and yeah, it was a bit. That's that is an odd one. He must be on. I don't know pittance or something to offer him maybe just Paul Hurst just liked having that option um, I know that I've read that um, Askey does like using a target man mm. um, sometimes he does like to mix it up he's a six foot striker himself he didn't look six foot does he in the photos no. apparently he's a six foot striker um, so yeah it'll be interesting to see um, yeah interesting to see what he makes of the squad um, and mm. what he wants to bring in mm. I mean yeah the John Lewis one is odd and if he signed the contract, he can't be signing that contract thinking he's going to play every week, can he? He must be no. thinking a bit part player at a club like Shrewsbury where I've come on 40-odd times a season and had a little bit of an impact here and there and I'm probably getting paid a decent wage. It's not the worst move for him, is it? You know, If he's ambitious no. and wants to play every week, that's fine. But maybe he's looking at himself at the stage of his career thinking, no, this, is, this isn't bad. So if that's the case and, and he wants to hang around and, and do us a job, I'm not too bothered about that, but I am a bit surprised we're the contract. So... Yeah, there we go. And I probably should just mention, Ollie, that obviously we talked about players' ins and outs. Obviously, we've lost Carlton. He's gone back with his ACL knee injury. Um, Henderson's gone, which was tears. Lots of tears from fans when Hendo went back. Same for Benny Godfrey. Um, and that's it. Do we have any more low players I'm forgetting about? I'm, I'm sure we had one more. We had, um, we had low. Um, oh, then yes, obviously we had the Swansea low. lad at the start of the season. Well, yeah, we had a few at the start of the season. But they're yeah. the four that were with us and they've exactly. all gone back to their clubs now. and. And Town do have quite a reasonable record of having low knees coming back or even signing on low knees. Yeah. So, you know, it could be Max Lowe's one of those players that might be out of contract. I doubt it. Max Lowe, everything he said in his interviews I saw with Derby when he went back there was he's taking a claim for the Derby first team next season. So I doubt we'll see any of those four back. They, they, they feel like they've probably all outgrown us, to be honest with you, even at this stage. So, yeah, it might be a new crop of loan players next year. Yeah, and I think it's just worth noting. I think they... While obviously we've, I do like the kind of not having the short um, term loans anymore and the season long loans. And I'd yes. say Ben Godfrey, Carl Morris, and Henderson have all, um, yeah, um, proved themselves to be good lads. Um, they performed yeah. excellently, didn't they? And we wish that we'll, we'll, I'm sure, just like we did with Connor Goldson and Woods, even though they weren't our players, they were our players for a season. I'm sure we'll all look to see how those guys push on. Um, it'd be interesting to see how, what careers they make for themselves. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Ollie. I think the best thing to say about them is they left a mark on this football club, all three of those players, that will always be remembered as probably the three best loan players we've had. I can't think of many better that we've had um, in terms of their impact in terms of a season. But um, hopefully we've left a mark on them. You know, They'll always look back at this football club as a good place to have been. It was a, a part of their education and you know things like that sometimes play into your hands down the line if it doesn't quite go so well for say, Carl Morris the next few years and he's looking for somewhere to come and, and rebuild his career, it's probably an ideal place for him down the line. So I think, like Paul Hurst, you know, those lone players particularly will all, always be welcome back here and they'll always get good stand innovations, won't they? So it's good to have players who've, who've moved on to better things um, and will move on to better things and, and, and will you know, appreciate the role that we played in that. So, yeah, I, I wish them all the best like you do. Yeah, definitely. So, a big a big question, Glenn, to kind of end it on then. Oh. You know, what, would, what would be a good season next season? Uh, it's it's hard, hard to say. I would, you know, I wasn't gonna, I was necessarily gonna put this. Is this is a question from Martin Williams on Twitter? Um, I think it's fine. Yeah, I think we need to. I think we should answer the question, but I think it is. Okay, yeah, yeah, but it's a bit hard when we <laughs> haven't seen who we've signed yet, or maybe more importantly, who we've lost. Um, but yeah, you go first, Clint. You're going on gut feeling, aren't you? Now you can't yeah. judge it on anything other than a gut feeling. And now, what what would be a good season next year? To some people, it'll be to stay up again because. Town pounds are pessimistic. I think if we can finish anything above, anything above thirteenth, you know, you've got to remember how good we were this season. Now, how high up there we were, and the spirit we had in the club and stuff. And I know it'll be a very different team next year, but I would a like good us season to be aiming... though. What's a good season? Yeah. Not just an average season. What's a good season? No, I, I think a good season. I think a good season would be to finish thirteenth above. Like an exceptional season would be on the edge of the playoffs into the playoffs, and an amazing season would be to go up. But a good season, I think, could be mid table. Okay, for me, a good season would be top top ten. Yeah, for me, that's okay. a good season. Yeah. For me, that would be a good season. And as you just said, yeah, playoffs and all that kind of stuff. I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love a, a a run into the playoffs or something like that. It would be fun. But um, yeah, we're dreaming. Would it? <laughs> we have to go back to Wembley. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, to yeah, let's not talk about <laughs> next season too much. But yeah, to win no. the league, I think would be a big ass. But he's done it before. He did it on Macclesfield on a small budget. Yeah. So let's see yeah. what we can do. We've got to dream. We've got to keep dreaming. It's been so much exactly. fun. I don't. I don't want the good times to end. We're going to try and keep them going as, as much as we can as possible. And I, I should just say, we'll end this. We're, end this podcast now and hopefully people have enjoyed our little reminisces on Hurst and, and sort of looking forward to the future and, and where we're headed but 
I did something not many Shrewsbury Town fans have done this season. I went to Wembley <laughs> yesterday to see England-Nigeria and I actually saw the team I went to watch win. So, you know, guys, keep the faith. It can happen. You can go to Wembley and see a positive result. So, um, yeah, that was that was quite an interesting game. It was bloody awful in the second half. And one thing, one thing I would say about Wembley, even for an England game, where I think there was... 65 or 70,000 there it wasn't full there was a whole big block in the in the top that wasn't sold out but the main England boys were all in block 112 behind the goal where all the um, Shrewsbury fans were last week so like, the band was there and stuff and do you know what credit to our Shrewsbury Town fans and the way that we organised that the uh, the atmosphere from what I've read and what everyone told me last week was way better at Wembley for Shrewsbury Town versus Rotherham than it was for England versus Nigeria because England it was awful. Wembley's got no atmosphere, has it? And we've been no. over this a million times. But I, I was disappointed. I thought World Cup last game before the World Cup at Wembley, there'll be a bit of a send off. It might be a bit of a, of a sort of um, good atmosphere. And it was good to watch, you know, the best English players in the country play and see Harry Kane and, um, you know, Jesse Lingard and all the all the rest of them that played um, up close. And it was good. It was much better than watching Shrewsbury's standard of football most of the time. But it was dull to be honest with you and it has affirmed to me why I love watching my hometown team because the passion and the interest in having that is infinitely more even than watching England unfortunately yeah. it's it's drained me the last few years being an England fan Ollie and do you know why I did while that game was on I was listening to it on 5 Live <laughs> preparing for this podcast <laughs> oh there you go good man well done Oh, there we go. And, and the other thing I meant to say about Wembley yesterday was obviously all the trouble we had balloons and um, stewards wanting to confiscate all the inflatable balls. The stewards were brilliant yesterday. Every time an inflatable ball got knocked onto the pitch, they just knocked it back and everyone was having a bit of a party. I was like, why is why is how Wembley organised that game so different to how the EFL games were organised? It's very frustrating to, for, for that to have happened. And, and also the Czech Jay Trophy. You know, why, are they, why were they so punitively hard on EFL fans and not England fans? Very frustrating to watch that, Oli. But that's my rant for the end of the podcast. <laughs> you love a rant. You love a rant. So yeah, so so yeah, interesting week um in in Saturn Salop history. Um we've got yeah. a new man and um, yeah, we can all um look forward to yeah, um the club announcing new players and all that kind of stuff and a little bit of nerves um seeing whether anyone comes in for for Nolan or Beckles and and the like. And Toto for me is a big worry as well because he's excellent. Exactly. And I'll round it off Ollie by saying this. Don't ask you what your club can do for you. Ask you what you can do for your club. There's there's a new there's a new That's hashtag horrendous. love this team for next year. <laughs> that's horrendous. Man. You might you might see more of that soon, Ollie. Don't worry. <laughs> oh god, that's that's a, that's, a, that's a great way to end the, the pod. So so yeah, if you've listened this far, guys, yeah, congratulations, well done. We we yeah, Glenn owes you a pint. I know, I do, and we'll be back pretty soon, won't we? We're recording yeah. a, an end of season special with uh, the Shootown Media press guys, and also my brother's going to be joining us uh, this week. And then we'll probably, you know, do a few other bits and pieces during the summer in terms of our sort of alternative end of season awards, announce who won the predictions, and yeah, we'll wrap it up then and probably have a couple of weeks off before we get smashed back into pre-season. So yeah, there we go. An hour on on all the changes this week, Ollie. I think it was a good hour, and um, yeah, we'll catch everyone very soon. Cheers, guys. Oh!